Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome back to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Kristen Ocero, Julio Sanchez with you. If you're getting excited about Royal season like we are, Josh Vernier's got you covered, of course, with pre and post, as always. But not only that, he's got a great interview he did with uh, Dayton Moore. And you can check that out at 610sports.com. We'll have some highlights of that tomorrow. But uh, Bobby Witt Jr. is the story. It, it's been confirmed now. Zach Grinke is the uh, starter uh, opening day starter for the Kansas City uh, Royals, his sixth opening day start. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely love anything that Zach Grinke says. Zach Grinke is really hey, funny. He was asked by Vern, is he excited about love opening that day? Clip. What do you think? Do you think he's excited? Uh, probably the same as uh, my reaction right now. <laughs> Which is nothing. And you know what? The media, re- the media really needs to understand, because he was asked this question a couple years ago in Houston, if he's excited about being named opening day starter. Uh, not really. Never never cared about it. Still don't care about it. <laughs> uh. so, so, so Zach's never really cared about opening day. Well, I, I love the honesty, because he's one of those guys that's got brutal honesty. Like, he'll tell pitchers if something sucks or not. Like he, he's the type of guy. That if his wife ever comes up and says, hey, do I look fat in this dress? He's the type of guy to say yes. He's the most literal guy I think I've like ever seen in my life. He's the type of guy to say yes. Yeah. Like, that's the guy you want. That's the guy you want to say, man, do these jeans look bad on me or whatever? Because he would say, yeah, well, most of the time your friends ask you you something like, hey, man, do you like this new shirt I bought or something like that? You're like, yeah, man, you look you look fine or whatever. You just say whatever. Or if she comes up to you, your girlfriend or, or, or wife or something says, hey, do I look good in this? Because I'm sure you've been asked this, Julio, and I'm sure you've been asked this, Chris. I don't hey, get do asked that as, question as much You anymore. just do whatever doesn't cause controversy. You say, yeah, you look fine. I, I Zach's the type to give you exactly the way you feel. I usually try, try to... Can't I try married. to be truthful as nice as possible. So you got some Zach Greinke in there. <laughs> he can't I be married. I try to be as truthful no way. as nice as possibly, and it, it doesn't work out sometimes. Well, I've I've gotten in trouble for being truthful about something. <laughs> well, I mean, it, but that's Zach, and he watches every – I mean, the guy's a genius. He watches every pitcher. He knows exactly what they do. I mean, he can tell you everything. I'm excited he's back. The guy's just picking his brain. It'll, the younger guys love having him around. It's a Hall of Famer. Like, this is a Hall of Famer, and Bobby Witt's picking his brain. Everybody's picking his brain. But I can't wait for every night to flip on the Kansas City Royals and just Those check Those post-game it. shows? It's fun. Oh, man. That's what I'm oh, looking man. forward to is is when oh, yeah. we play his audio in post-game. Because Burton lives and dies with the Royals. You yeah, guys know that. And they're going to be in the clubhouse now, so I'm really interested to hear what he has to say post-game. Because, like, Right yeah, now. I'm tired of the zooms with these players. Yeah, me too. You get the real deal yeah, when you because yeah, the players agreed. appreciate it too. Yeah, like they they like sitting there and talking about their hitting. It's like they enjoy those kind of stories as well. Because on Zoom, it's all like cut and dry. But at least when you can go talk to players before a game, 
you start talking about the art of hitting with them. They, yeah. they like to open up more than just what happened during the game. So I think it's great. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be fun with Zach because oh, it's gonna be great with like Zach. Twenty twenty two Zach is different from like 09, 2010 Zach. Like you just but do a no he? hitter Zach. Is what he? do you think? Yeah, because he? he like back then he still you know he was pretty reserved. Now he's he don't give a bleep. He's gonna say whatever. And at this point now, like he's been there, done that. You know, he he's done a lot of winning in his career. At this point now, he don't care. Like he's just out here trying to have fun, and that's why he came back to Kansas City because it was a good spot for him. Didn't have to deal with all the media, and you know he very much can just be open and honest. And he's got like four people there doing interviews with him, so I, I think he likes this gig. I think it makes sense because a lot of times the Royals make moves and they move it. You know, they bring in this veteran presence. You know, because they've had a lot of young guys, and they still do. They, matter of fact, they've got the eighth best uh, minor league system, according to MLB Pipeline. Of course, to get the number one overall prospect in Bobby Witt Jr. And we all want to see what Jr. is going to do. I mean, Vern's talking something cool. I mean, if you listen to the Dayton Moore interview, he's talking about how cool it would be for 21-year-old Bobby Witt Jr. when they go around the horn, like Moose used to do, and flip the ball back to the pitcher and give him that look. It'll be Bobby Witt Jr. flipping the ball to Zach Greinke. And he was talking about three generations with Dayton Moore because Sal Perez is behind the plate representing that generation, you know, the one that, you know, that came up with Duffy and all those guys won a World Series. And then you got the next generation of Bobby Wood Jr. Then you got the old generation and Zach Greinke. Old school versus new school. It's going to be a lot of fun. But Bobby Wood Jr. is obviously what everybody's talking about. Dan O'Dowd is the former GM of the Rockies and, he's in Rockies and he knows he's on MLB Network and knows Dayton Moore uh, very well. I loved this response he had when talking about Bobby Witt Jr. I really struggled coming up with a player comp with him, and I love player comp because for me, he's going to be the player other players get compared to. It's a five to a player. So when you look at A-Rod, he's got similar power to A-Rod. Maybe A-Rod's hit ability was a little further along. Uh, Bobby, if he needed to be a shortstop, I think he'd be an outstanding shortstop. But as you saw with the stolen base here, he's got 60, maybe 70 speed. A-Rod didn't have 60, 70 speed, though he was a good base, plus base runner when he was younger. Uh, I mean, but you're talking about that level of talent. I mean, this kid truly has a chance to be a very special player in our game at a very, very young age. Great baseball awareness, extremely humble kid, great teammate. He really checks off every single box a GM could have. I call these type of guys generational type players. They come along once in your career. Got Dan O'Dowd joining the show next week to get you excited for, for baseball season and especially the Royals. But I love what he said there. He says there's no player comparisons because we all like comps. It's going to be players compared to him. And I love that whole response uh, by Dan O'Dowd when it came to that. Now, George Brett, uh, Royals Hall of Famer, was um, he's um, Don Mattingly has got the special on MLB Network and you know, George is making some cameos on there. But Harold Reynolds asked him a question about Bobby Witt Jr. And here's George Brett's interesting response. Even when you were playing, you were such a great evaluator of talent. I remember talking to you all the time, and particularly with Bo. You know, so you better stay and watch this guy take batting practice. So you saw Bo Jackson coming before he became Bo. But I want to right. ask you about Bobby Witt Jr. because Why did I know that question was coming? It was coming, man. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I am so enamored with this kid. I saw him in high school. I've watched him develop. Uh, there's not many that come along like him, George. And, and, and no. maybe I'm wrong, but, but you tell me your thoughts. 
Uh, you're not wrong. Um, he's a talent that I've never seen before at his age. Uh, we had Clint Hurdle come up. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated before he played a game in the major leagues. And, um, you know, Clint was pretty amazing in the things he could do on, on the baseball field. But I've, I've never seen anything like this. Um, a guy that played double-A um, AA and triple-A last year, uh, not even on the roster here. They didn't have to put him on. Uh, I think he's going to make our team uh, between you and I, Harold. But he's a special talent. And the one thing that, that you've read, I've read so much about him and, and, you know, he's kind of the talk of the camp. Um, the one thing that, that I'm going to tell him, and we've talked an awful lot. He's one of those guys, young players that asks a lot of questions and, 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 and he's, he, he's able to baseball is so natural to him. Um, he's able to make an adjustment here, make an adjustment there, not only with the hitting, but the fielding. And, you know, they weren't happy with the way he was taking the ball out of his glove. Well, guy goes up, you know, to throw the ball to first base from third base. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of took it out of the glove awkward. And, and uh, so our infield guy got with him and they talked to him and he's out there taking grounders every day. And all he does at 8.30 in the morning, he's taking the ball out of his glove. He's not even throwing it, but he's just taking it out of his glove. He's an endless, tireless worker. He's got uh, tremendous potential. But the one tag that I think is unfair, as I read a, a thing saying he has unlimited potential, and that's really a curse to say that because then you'll never live up to it. Right, um, right. He's going to be a good ma- everyday major league player. He's going to have growing pains like we all did when we first got there. Yeah. But I think he's got the mentality and he's grown up playing baseball on Team USA You know, his whole life. He was probably on the nine-year-old Team USA team playing <laughs> in Japan. Who knows if they even have that. But I guarantee you one thing, if they had it, he would have been on it. Hey, uh, George. He's a baseball player. That's all I can say, and he's going to be very, very good for this organization. We really appreciate the visit, man. It's it's good to talk to you, as always. There's George Brett on MLB Network, and Harold Reynolds was asking, of course, about Bobby Witt Jr. And George Brett, you know, will heap the praise on Bobby Witt Jr., but just be careful because everybody's got their struggles going forth. The Royals win the day. They're number one in all of uh, minor league baseball in spring training. Not major league baseball, excuse me. In all spring training, average OPS, slugging percentage, RBI, Fourth in home runs, fifth in stolen bases. Again, they won the Cactus League last year. Will it parlay itself to the season? I don't think there's as much pressure on him if he came up in 14 and 15 with the expectations of being postseason and World Series. Yes, people would like to see him with the expanded playoffs get to the postseason. I don't think there's near as much pressure now because it's about the new wave. You know, Melendez is not even here yet, and Prado's not even here yet. I think this is a good year to kind of put Bobby Witt Jr just to help the way this team is now, because I really like the makeup of this team. So I'm okay with that. I think the pressure's less, in my opinion. I think he's got a ton. Because we do, typically, we do not hear people talk about baseball prospects this yeah, I'm way. Just, I just played Bo Dowd and Brett. I mean, Brett just <laughs> went out of his way to try to mitigate people's expectations. And Hall of Famers don't like to do that yeah. with, with players that haven't Typically, done anything Typically, yeah, because like he, he said, yeah, this guy, but he also tried to say, hey, he's probably going to struggle. Yep. Like, because he knows what it's like to to be the guy there and how much pressure comes with it. And and Bobby Wood Jr. is so young that it's almost unfair to put that much pressure on him, especially knowing the nature of baseball, where there's so much failure, especially earlier, early on in your career. It, it's incredibly unfair what's kind of happening with Bobby Wood Jr. because we are putting him in this position where 
if he comes up and he's kind of like uh, uh, Nicky Lopez early on in his career where he struggled at the plate, it's going to seem like, you know, and, and you know how it is with some of these new money fans, you know, they come in with football expectations with football knowledge and, and you know how it is in football, you come in and generally the good players are good really early. If he's not good early, I fear that there might be some people that are going to be like, oh, he's a bust, he's not good, he's overrated, things like that, because there's always the expectation from how things are in the NFL for guys to come up and be good. And you don't see this kind of hype for a baseball player this early in their career. And it's not just him. It's the whole team. Uh, Dayton Moore was on with the, the president of baseball operations for the Royals, was on with Josh Furnier uh, during his hot stove show earlier, and he thinks it's the most talent they might have ever had here. Now, maybe this is just me uh, getting older and just being amazed at how young all of these players are, but do you feel like this is the most talent uh, that this organization has had top to bottom right now? Yeah, I would say so. I would say we're, we, we have um, talent and talent in the right places. Um, but we've got to, we've got to um, evolve into, per, you know, consistent producing major league players. And, um, and, and we've got to continue to become a team and united uh, as a team. And, um, and so that's, uh, that's something that uh, the players are responsible for. And um, they'll, we, we've got to trust the coaching staff and the players together uh, to find that, net, that, that chemistry um, and that winning formula that uh, is going to get us back to where we, we desire to be. There's some expectations. I mean, is the president of baseball operations saying there's most talent ever. And Dayton doesn't throw those things around. He like does. He, he's a pretty honest dude. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, he's going to do a big span of the playoffs. There's going to be teams that are still in it. So. Yeah, I just, for me, I just don't want him or, like, Prado when he comes up. Like, I don't want those guys to come up and feel like they got to do, like, because you remember 2013, 2014, when we had Eric Cosmer up here and Mike Moustakis up here, and they were struggling to, to hit because of that pressure. And then finally, when the team made the playoffs in 2014, the weight came off their shoulders and all of a sudden, they started hitting like we expected them to. And I, I just don't want that to be on guys like Witt and Prado early on in their careers because then it just makes their job harder. I want things to be as easy as possible for them so when they come up here, they can just swing the bat and not have to think about trying to get the team to the playoffs. Opening day a week away? One week away. So good to say after that uh, lockout was concerned. Yeah, man, we didn't think we were going to get baseball for a few months. Coming up next, just how valuable are edge rushers? Should the Chiefs stay at 29 and 30 or move up? We've got the numbers, the top 20 sackers in the NFL. It might surprise you next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night, Jay Binkley, Chris Inocero, Julio Sanchez. Julio! Man, it's good seeing you guys. Uh, yeah, it's good seeing you too, man. Fun. So I said that uh, I'm going to have something that contradicts what I said. <laughs> but I'll explain. I'll explain because there's a reason. You there's wouldn't a be method. doing sports radio if you didn't have a, a, no, a topic that contradicted something you there's, said earlier in the show. There's a method to my madness. Right? There's a method <laughs> to the madness. And it'll make sense once I explain because just say a second ago you said, okay, stay at 29 and 30. 
Okay. In reality, most of the time, you probably should trade down. Now, I think I don't see the Grand Canyon size. Well, actually, I see a Grand Canyon size gap between Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, and the Karloftises and the Bouye Mafias that have the uh, Chiefs drafting. Here's So last year, I took a look at the top 20 sackers in the NFL. That's why it's such a specialized position. I mean, you lose a corner, you lose a defensive lineman, you lose a lot of positions. Outside of quarterback, I mean, there's games where Tyree Kill didn't play, right? And Mahomes goes 4-1. and one. I mean, there's games that you got to place a running back, and it's a step up and use your depth. The linemen we see get replaced all the time. The quarterback, a different deal, and edge rusher, the other one. It's not like you can have somebody uh, that can get to the quarterback in depth because the guys can get the quarterback, get the big money, and they start and they play. They're coveted. It's a very coveted position. So there's 28 players in the top 20 sackers. You follow me there, Julio, because there's a lot of I guys that tied. A lot of guys that tied. Are you with me on this? All right. Here's how many around. I know that uh, Chris knows what I'm talking about here. So, Julio, you're my guinea pig. I feel like I'm I'm the dumb one in the room right no, now. No, you're not the dumb guinea, one. Guinea pigs don't snort. Yeah, I'm not Real sure what that is. I have no idea what he that was. It did a snort for a guinea pig. Real pigs do, though. Yeah, but there's a difference between a real pig and a guinea pig. <laughs> Maybe I don't feel like the dumb one in the room. Take the snorts out of this, right? It's <laughs> so there's 28 players, right, in my list. How many would you say out of that 28 are first round? The 28 top sackers in the NFL last year that made up the top 20 because a lot of them tied. I'd probably say three-fourths. Not bad. 18 out of 28. Yeah. So 18 of 28 were first round. So you're saying, okay, you know what? That means we probably should trade up at this point, right? Now here's the kicker. One through 15. One through 15, and then 15 uh, through 32. One through 15, 12. So 12 of the 28, too shy of being 50%, were drafted one through 15, meaning you want to be an edge rusher, you want to get the quarterback, you probably should be, that's the majority. There are lottery picks. One through 15, big-time quarterbacks, (laughs) and the NBA lottery picks. Now, 15 to 30, there were six. So, in TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year, was 30th. Okay, you say, okay, well, TJ Watt, you know, he's 30th. The Chiefs are picking 29th and 30. That's good. Now, round two, how many second rounders? Five. So, five of the 28 were second rounders. Third round, just two. So, moral of the story, first two rounds. Round five, there was one. There was one in round five. Undrafted two. What are the names behind these three fifth suspect is, individuals? Fifth is Matthew Judon. Was it Shaq Ju- Barrett's Judon, one of them? Shaq Barrett's an undrafted guy, and uh, so was um, – um, see, Shaq Barrett it was, was uh, 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 Danico Autry. Autry. Those are the undrafted guys. But Shaq Barrett's always going to be the guy's a stud and got overlooked 100%. But the dime a dozen for those guys. So you'd say, well, 29 to 30, you need to package up and get up. Now, the only guy you could maybe get around 9 or 10 because that's – Kind of where they'd be when you look at the draft value chart. It's how far they could get up. I don't see them getting up past seven, to be no, honest with you. They'd with have the to commodities give up way too they much. Have. Yeah, they'd have to give up too much. But the thing is, and again, 16 edge rushers, or excuse me, 14 edge rushers in the top 100 players. Meaning, okay, if you're not getting Aiden Hutchison or Keon Thibodeau, you're probably getting somebody that fits in there. That this is this is where I try to try to 
put some meaning behind when I say it's staying 29 or 30. Because normally I'm just giving you numbers. You said, okay, well, if you look at my numbers, you're saying, okay, you got to trade up. You got to trade up to get that defensive guy. But I don't see the big difference with the edges this year. You could pretty much stay at 29. Plus, I like some of the guys you can get in the second round. It's deep, not top heavy. Or it is top heavy, excuse me. It's top heavy, not deep. Yeah, That's but- why I stay, stay there, get the receiver, keep 29 30 because you need a receiver too. And I don't know if the quality is there to go up to 10. Because I think you can get the guy in the twenties, but that's a that's a problem be, for the Chiefs, isn't it? Well, they could I, just I mean, be, well, it depends. They may just be able to move down five or six. It, it depends but, on who's left. But my point is, it's a problem for the Chiefs in that they, they have zero pass rush basically right now, aside from basically Chris Jones. No, they don't. Right? I, I, I unless mean, they bring Ingram back, which unless they I bring, think they will. So, so and Frank Clark's back. Don't forget. So you're <laughs> your not going to Frank Clark. But my point is you're not going to be able to draft a, a, a high-impact defensive end. I mean, you're just not. So so where does that leave them? Unless I, Jermaine Johnson, not, they get their, not, their eyes on him and only him. But I don't think they want to sacrifice getting a receiver in the first round. Is it Depending on how it, the board falls. Is it worth it to move up to get that edge rusher when you can't get one of the elite ones? Yeah. Now, for some reason, they pack it. No, you're not it's not. A, you're not getting Aiden Hutchinson. It's not. Like you might as well it. forget about that. I've said this. That's from, the T.J. Watt in this draft. I've said this from the beginning. Like, you are not going to be able to get one of the elite guys. Yeah. You're not. Like, you're just not going to. Because those guys, there's like there's like three or four of them. Like, some people like really like Karloftis. I'm like, eh, about Karloftis. But he's not going to drop past, like, 13, 14. He's not, he's not going to go that far down. And I don't think the Chiefs should trade up that far just to go get him. But you got Walker. You've got... Um, uh, you got Hutchinson and you've got uh, Thibodeau. Those guys are probably going to go in the top seven, eight picks. You're probably not going to be able to get those guys. So do you want to trade up to get a developmental guy? Or now that you've got two ones, two twos, two threes, now do you want to just maybe take a couple developmental guys and just work with what you got, maybe bring back Melvin Ingram, and then you just develop these guys alongside with your veterans in Ingram and Frank that might be your best bet right now because you've got options in the first three rounds. So, like, uh, you know, according to your – you've on your mock draft 2.0, uh, which you guys can read on 610sports.com, you've got them taking Boye Mafe from uh, from Minnesota in the first and second round. you got them taking Sam Thomas. Because him kind of – okay, I know Jermaine Johnson's probably going to be a top 15 pick. Like, he's not going to be I, there. But I don't know a ton of difference. I mean – I don't know I, if it's that big of a gap. He's a developmental him and guy. You know he's, what I'm a, he's a developmental guy that's probably not going to be immediate impact. So it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for you to trade up if you're just going to go get a developmental guy, anyways. So at this point, it makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs to go out and just get a guy in, in with one of their two picks, 29 30 in the first. And then maybe get another guy in the second well, round. Sure what a Jordan Davis, that stud defensive yeah. lineman from Georgia. If that's what we say, all right, we want we want Jordan Davis to be our guy. Yeah. It's, instead of if that's the direction they go. Now it's not an edge, but it's a guy that can play all over the defensive line yeah. and be a dominant player. Like get some options here. They're not going to be able to get an impact guy for 2022, but they could get a guy, get a couple of guys that could develop into impact guys 2023 and beyond. And maybe even they can contribute in a rotation this year. But you guys, I, I feel like they gotta address it now. And I didn't feel like when they just had the one, the the one first round pick that it made a lot of sense to go edge rusher because 
you didn't have a whole lot of options for impact guys now, but now that you've got some options here, you can get some rotational guys for the long run over the next few years. So I, I like it now. And here's the other wild card, Ojabu. That would have been probably a top 10 or 11 pick. Yeah, I could that, see them taking hurt, him in the second round. Hook has hurt his Achilles in the uh, in the pro day. Yeah. And that's called value. David Ajabo, um, I mean, you're talking maybe f- slipping into the second round, into the first, if you say, because the Chiefs have dealt with Achilles injuries. Yeah. They've had several. DJ had an Achilles injury and got back. And Ojabo was right there with Aiden Hutchinson. That was a nasty pass rush they had at Michigan. And... It, it, unless the Chiefs don't want to deal with the injuries, unless they need know they need impact right away, which I think they do, unless they think he could come back and help this team, but I think they really want a guy for OTAs and mini camp in all of training camp because they need the position. Like that's got to be when they draft Edge, he's got to be able to help the team this year. Now, Job would be great, and he may be the best of the bunch five years from now. He might be the best, but I think they need somebody right now. I could see them. Maybe getting one with their with one of their two picks in the first round, and then you know, like in your mock, you had them moving up to thirty four to go take uh, the Auburn corner. I had edge a receiver and corner, the top three I, positions. I think they need. I to could see them instead of going and getting a corner. I could see them moving up and trying to get Ojabo early in the second because I think he's going to drop into the second. But and I think there's going to be some team, some contending team if with a you have lot. another edge in the first round. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying then, like then they'll, they'll, they'll go, get. they'll go an edge that can play this year for sure in uh, in the first round. But I could see them moving up to the 30s ahead of some of these other teams, and they go out and they get a job. I could see them doing that because that was a guy that was up there with the Karloftis. Car, with Karloftis and Johnson and guys sacks like that. this year, and you might say, okay, because we've seen this before where there's a stud on the defensive line and the second guy in the defensive yeah. line gets a lot of run. But you might say, well, he had a good year because of Aiden Hutchinson. But then on the flip side, you say, well, maybe Aiden Hutchinson had a big year. Yeah, so it sack. could be the opposite. So they say, yeah. they flip a coin. Yeah. Like the, the fact of the matter is he was, he was a mid first round grade and if you can go get someone with the first round value early in the second round at an important position in need, even if he sits for the year, that's still really good value because you can have him for 2023 and beyond at a value that is is lo- much lower than what he would have been had he been held. Well, John Harbaugh had said, because Detroit Free Press had this in an article today, um, he was saying he doesn't think it's going to affect him that much when he towards Achilles uh, John Harbaugh said he'll be back. Uh, could be the Ravens are really looking at Ojabo because they seem to find uh, good defensive players uh, from time to time. So who knows? I mean, that's what that's his opinion. Again, it's a great player, and you know we're dealing with a lot of injuries with guys. Jamison Williams, the ACL, who looks like he's ahead of target. Yeah. to come back. So John Mechie, same situation, wide receiver with the ACL problem. Problem is, those are three really nice picks. Mechie's fallen the furthest of all of them. Yeah. Jamison Williams. <laughs> people say Jamison Williams is the best receiver in this draft. Yeah. There's Garrett Wilson. Yeah. And that, or, and he could be an option for the chiefs there late in the first round too. But like, I just feel like because they've got so many picks chiefs really kind of got a blank canvas as far as how they can address their issues. And I I'm pretty damn excited about what they're going to be able to which do. Which makes here. this draft the best of the best. Yes. You like the NFL draft. Now what, what kind of stinks is it's not in Kansas City till next year. Yeah, I know. This right? would be a fun year yes. to have the draft in Kansas City. Yeah, if this if they had this kind of 
value with these kind of holes on their team, and it was also here in Kansas City, yeah. that would be a lot of fun. Oh, man. Because you, I, like I said, because of the, the amount of picks that they have, there are so many different crazy ways that this offseason can go for the Chiefs. And it's really interesting over the next month what we're going to see because I, I, I mean, they could do anything. They could trade for somebody using some of those picks. They could just wait and say, we're just going to use all these picks. I mean, there's a lot of options here. Remember when uh, the Chiefs took Eric Fisher number one overall? Oh, that was a terrible. Draft. I was down there covering the draft <laughs> for six ten, and that I was doing some, I was doing TV five stuff with Fanning at the point, and we were at the draft party. And the funny thing is, like when you have the first pick in the draft, it clears out, man. Like I felt bad yeah. for him because they get the first pick and then it was almost dead. Yeah. After that, well, usually you know if, they, if you're picking twenty eighth or 29th, you know the party's raging on and everything, <laughs> and then. They make their their selection, but God, that was a terrible draft. Oh gosh! When you're taking still the worst. when you're taking an offensive tackle in the first with the number one overall pick, that's an awful draft. Like there's so many other positions they could have drafted. They could have taken edge, could have gone with. But he was the best lineman. Like but, they made the right decision. Yeah, because Luke Jokel was the one that they said. You know, people were saying, "Well, get Luke Jokel." You know, Luke Jokel's the guy because. Luke Jokel went second. You haven't heard from him since. No, he's terrible. He was terrible. They moved. Lane Johnson. That, that's a quality Lane line. Good. He's a good tackle. But that was a terrible top ten. Deion Jordan, uh, Zeke Alonza. He's been a good player. Barkevius Mingo. Hawkins Jonathan was that Cooper, year, right? Was, Austin, was seven, right? Dean Milner. I mean, ugh. yeah, that was a, that was not a good draft. rough draft. Coming up next, though, Kansas or Missouri next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Chris Inocero, Julio Sanchez. They get Jamar Chase, Jug, uh, he's judging, judging a dunk a skills or dunk contest, something like that. Yeah, how about Jamar? Remember when Jamar, during preseason, he had a problem with the drops, like big time. And he said the ball, he's not used to it, not having the white line around it, like in college. And everybody thought he was a bust. Then all of a sudden, he just started going out catching a bunch of tennis balls and everything else and became, uh, well, he's going to be. I think he's figured it out. He's going to be elite white. Well, he's already an he's elite wide receiver, but he's an unbelievable player. But I, I was sitting here on draft night saying, they've got to draft him to go with Joe Burrow. <laughs> I know. Now, they sacrificed the offensive line because the offensive line was terrible, but they made the right decision in Jamar Chase. The pair, I mean, it, the Burrow and, and Chase combination is going to be something to behold for a long time. I, 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 I will say this: I was like, they probably should have took Panay Sewell because their quarterback just got his knee shredded from a, a bad, a bad left tackle, and he almost got his knee shredded again in the Super Bowl because of bad offensive line play. But Jamar Chase worked out for them, and it shows you that you probably need to just keep bringing in wide receivers until you have too many of them. And that's why I think the chief strategy this year should just draft two wide receivers in the first two rounds so that you have too much talent. The Bengals a lot like the chiefs. They're flipping their offensive line this year. I mean, that's one thing they've, you know, yeah, done yeah, well. they had they, they, they've been, yeah, they, they, they had to, I mean, that, that, that was like one of the biggest problems, their biggest problem for them last year. And, it was kind of a miracle at times that they their offense was so good considering how bad their offensive line was. Well, one of the things that's been talked about this week, of course, that uh, the Chiefs, 2031, the lease expires. You know, Kansas is making overtures to bring the Chiefs in. Mark Donovan said they're listening to him. He, they did say that also a possibility uh, to keep 
to keep Arrowhead Stadium and maybe build a new one if the Royals move downtown right there. I think they stay right where they're at, to be honest with you, make a big Chiefs Plaza uh, right where they're at because they want the parking and everything else. Not that they wouldn't have parking wherever they went Kansas, but I think I think a tug of war will ensue because if I'm the state of Kansas, you want a pro team. Like you want a pro NFL team. They're so valuable. And if you're Missouri, you don't want to lose another team. You don't want to lose a team. Chris, you're a Missouri guy. Julio lives in Missouri. I live in Missouri. What do you guys think about this? Because I'll tell you this much, the Kansas people I talk to, they don't care because they're used to it being in Missouri anyway. That's not a shock to the system. It's always been in Missouri, and it's what they think about. I know Missouri people get bent out of shape when people say, Toto, you're not in Kansas anymore, and people seem saying, hey, Chiefs play Missouri. (laughs) You guys have seen it. You know what I'm talking about. But I think a lot of Missouri people, including myself, would go, hey, wait a minute, you belong in Missouri. If the Chiefs were to go to Kansas, it would be like, you know, there's that Kansas-Missouri rivalry that Dion Bush learned about it last week <laughs> when he was talking about Kansas barbecue and, and Twitter went off on him. He's funny, by the way. He's very funny. Yeah, he's very funny. And he learned his lesson the hard way. So, you know, he, he's got to learn. There was a big rivalry with Kansas and Missouri. You start talking about Kansas drivers, Kansas drivers get pissed, and then they, you know, almost wreck on 35 trying to text in. I'm not a bad driver. So this would be a big addition to the rivalry if the state of Kansas were to steal the Chiefs from Missouri. So I don't think it's going to happen. I agree with you. I think they're probably just going to knock down Kaufman and build a new You listen to the best climate control you want to buy and you go to another dealership and say, well, they're thinking about putting the TV in. Yeah. Like what they're doing. And then you get a TV at the other dealership. What the Chiefs are doing is they are weighing their options. They're saying, hey, you don't got us locked down. You got to keep trying. Otherwise, we're going to leave and go somewhere else. You got to keep giving us the best deal. And so they're just trying to leverage their position. This happens all the time in sports with free agents. But, you know, Kansas City, Jackson County, they'll pony up, give them the tax breaks or whatever. Get the, you know, they'll chip in with tax money and they'll keep the team in at the sports. I think the best thing is just, you know, put a new stadium there at the complex. Yeah. The Truman Sports Complex. Yeah. Put a big Chiefs Plaza in, barbecue restaurants. They this need to develop around Well, there, that's what the, that, yeah, that's it, the bottom line. I, I, I said it the other night. I said, I'd really like to talk to the Taco Bell manager out there. <laughs> like, is that like not one of the best Taco Bell in the city? I mean, two million Royals fans a year when they're heyday, you know, when they're rolling. That's yeah. a lot of tra- And you're on I-435 and I-70. Yeah, but no, th- there's no other reason to get off on that exit, though. So when it's not a no. game day for Royals or Chiefs, they have to have, like, five people committed well, to it. Well, look at Independence. They've done a great job. They put the uh, they put the Cable Dom Marine out there. they got all those restaurants yeah, and shops. Yeah, but that's not close to that Taco Bell. They're taking a, there's Taco Bell and Denny's. I mean, come on, man. That's they, it. They built the airport up there, and nothing developed forever. Ever. There used to be an Applebee's there. There's the number one Applebee's in the country. They put Zona Rosa and a lot of other that stuff. That seems like a low bar to clear to be the number <laughs> one Applebee's in the country. <laughs> but a nice cheese, pl- like SoFi. You know, like a nice plaza around the, the place. That's where NFL Network is. Sorry to Applebee's if they're a sponsor for us. I don't think they are, but apologizing hey, previously no. just in case. No, I no, no, I would go to that one all the time. I went Ooh, to the bees, you? man. I'm big into the bees. I, I have big about there. the bees. I've huh? been there. I'm saying like, that was the number one Applebee's in the country because there's nothing else up there. That's a low bar. To clear. But it's not even there anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Applebee's. <laughs> it's a low bar to clear. But Missouri people, you know, I mean, it, it's you, if you're Missouri, you don't want to lose the second protein. It's like being the best player on the Jacksonville. You don't Jaguars. want to do the population of Missouri, lose it to Kansas. You don't Dude, want to make. If I'm Kansas, I want it though. 
Like, oh, steal it. Yeah, they're already going to get sports yeah, wagering probably before Missouri. Like, Absolutely. that's very attractive. But, again, you're talking about years down the future. Missouri may not be as far as Kansas is as far as the sports wagering, but they'll get there. They'll get there within the next couple of years. It would just be ang- it would just anger Kansas City so much because we hate when people call us Kansas. And so it would be it would piss people off if the Chiefs moved to like KCK, which is probably where they'd go, It'd be the legends. And it would piss so many people off here in KC Mo because people would be like, oh, there's no place like Kansas. And they'd be like, you know, they'd always show Kansas instead of Kansas City, oh, Missouri. People get and people about the would be pissed. People yeah, because they get they get heated when you call us Kansas because the Chiefs play on the Missouri side. So people would get pissed. If they actually do move to Kansas and now they're right when they say it's Kansas. Yeah, people will be. But angry. they'd still go. They'd still go, but they'd, they'd be go. sour about it. Yeah. Because right now Kansas has the MLS team in sporting, and they want that NFL team. There's just not that many. There's 32 out there, man. You want those teams. It'll be a nice tug of war between the states. Yeah, the, I'll tell you this. Kansas act like they don't care. They will care if they get the Chiefs. It's a big they money care. maker, man. They will care big if money they maker get the for your state. Yeah, they will flex all the time. Oh, they're, we don't even need to call them Kansas City anymore. They're just the Kansas Chiefs. For now. your state to brag about, well, you have two professional teams. That's what they'd say. Yeah. And Missouri would lose another professional team. They don't want to do that. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Like I said, they're going to do everything to try to keep it. They the don't Chiefs. want to do it. They'll do everything. Coming up next, Tyree Kill made a request to the Dolphins. I'll tell you what that is next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big and Jay Bankley, Kristen Ocero, Julio Sanchez. So Tyreek Hill made a request of the Miami Dolphins. Said, quote, the first thing I the first thing he said was, I want to make sure I'm back there, getting a couple punt returns every game via the Palm Beats post. That's right. Terry Kill wants to be a punt returner for his new team. He's returned a total of 86 punts in his career. But almost all those touches came from his first few seasons in the league. Here's the thing. I keep hearing about Dolphins when he's using like Debo Samuel. You say caution. The reason the Chiefs would only put him back there in special situations in the playoffs to return a punt, not to worry him out. Because he was going to be their number one receiver like he's going to be relied upon to be Miami. And I remember, you know, when he first got here to Kansas City, you know, Andy Reid would, quote, you know, increase the package of plays that he was put in a wide receiver. And all of a sudden, those other roles started to be limited. He ran the ball a lot more, too, out of the backfield the first couple of years with the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, six Then all of a sudden, yeah. he just became that wide receiver because growing injuries, hamstrings, things like that became an issue at some point. I think Miami's going to wear him out. And if they're going to put him back there for punt returns or whatever, they're going to wear him out because they're going to find out the Chiefs would have kept doing it, but they wanted to keep him fresh to be a wide receiver and the money Miami paid for him. Devontae Adams better than that kind of money to be a receiver for him, not a punt returner. You can't make someone a number one receiver and a gadget player too. And that's like, he likes to be used in all these different roles. The problem, though, is that that's just not who he is anymore because, yeah, he has an injury history where he's missed some games the last few years, and he's not getting younger. He's just turned 28 earlier this month. So now it's like, okay, well, if you use him the way that you used him in 16 and 17, there's going to be more wear and tear on his body. He's had it. He's had issues with his ankles. He's got one season. He's played all games. Yeah. 
And, you know, he, especially the last few years. He was close years, last year, 16 out of 17 yeah. he started. But a couple years ago, he just played 12 games. Yeah. Because the injuries do creep up. And especially when you're 28, things start changing yeah. a little bit for you. But he's gotten to be such a good receiver, number one receiver, like bringing him back to doing this stuff. You're putting injury risk on him. Yeah, and and we all know what but it's like. It's not like. our problem anymore. It's fine. We all know what it's like when you get older, and you know I'm I'm 31 and a half, going on 32, and my body don't act the same way it used to. I mean, Julio knows With this. My age, as he's pushing his 40s, and you're pushing your 50s. So. Stop. <laughs> Stop with your head, Chris. Right? There was no reason. To, there was no reason to go there. Y'all know what it's There's like. No for everybody to, to, Y'all know what it's like. All these ages. You get out of bed. You get out of bed, and it feels different than it did 20 years ago. There's no question. That's that. how it is. So we all know what it's like. Now he is. He's a little bit younger than me. So you know, I he's he's got like three years. He's three and a half years younger than me. So. And he's had some injuries over the last few years. At a certain point, it's going to catch up with him. He, I understand he wants to be the the guy who does all these different things. But at a certain point, you got to realize that your team's trying to take care of you. And I, I feel like that's the situation that they're going to have to tell well, him. He's willing to do it. Miami spent the cash. And so yeah. I, I'm just afraid just to get a holding back from himself. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be, you got to, if, if you're Mike McDaniel, you got to be a big boy and say, yeah, nah, you're not going to do that. Just like Andy did for him too. Holding back from himself. Yeah. Cause you're a number one receiver now. Yeah. You know, he was here too, but it's like, yeah, but there's but a lot more they decreased everything. From there's him. a lot more pressure on him now though. Because of the fact that he's now making, he was a major acquisition for them. They have a quarterback that is very unproven, has not had a great start to his career in his first two seasons. And on top of that, they are spending a ton of money on him. Huge contract, spent a lot. They spent, got five picks they moved in order to get him. And so there's a lot of expectations. If he has injury issues over the next few years, those people in Miami, they're not going to forgive him, and they're not going to forgive the organization yeah, for making that move. Don't you want to utilize his speed? Now, I'm not saying he needs to be back there every game, but on occasion to keep his skills sharp so that when you say you make it to the playoffs, the, the well, Chiefs would Big games are postseason, yes. yes. Then, that's what so. I'm saying. If every they do, now and then, that's a weapon. That's, well, I mean. If he returns puns all year, like he gets his way, not How many games out of 17 does he play? Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. And the issue is there's a middle ground. How often are you breaking breaking it for a touchdown anyways as a return man? Yeah, but it's, like it's maybe, more about field position. Maybe you're getting four or five a year if you're great. Like remember Dante had had the four kick returns in uh in, in 03. Like it's rare for guys, especially now, they've changed the rules so that it's much, much harder for you to be able to block on returns, and it's it's just not meant for guys to go out there and score in that situation. But when you're on punt returns, you guys want to play hero ball too. Yeah. The guys that are sure. at the bottom of your roster and on special teams, yeah. they would like nothing better than to hit a guy making a And especially someone like him are. who has been intimidating for a lot you of teams a over the years. Because guys want to be the guy to knock you out. Yes. So that's the reason why it's probably smart for him to not go out here and be the punt returner. I mean, unless season do it. Unless it's an emergency situation in the postseason. Yeah, but we've also seen it. Game. We've seen it burn teams before. We've seen it burn the Chiefs before in that Texans game, though. Good stuff. Good work of you, Chris. Yeah, I, I appreciate you uh, having me on here.
And I'm glad you're back here. Welcome back. Doing your show. And thanks to you, Julio. A big thanks to you. Oh, yeah, you were the guy work. that got my ass in the hospital. So I got you. I, I couldn't have done it without you, man. Yeah, Thank we'll, you very much. We'll, uh, we'll work out the terms of this punishment yeah, later. Save my life, man. That. I enjoyed the uh, conversation tonight. Thanks again, Chris and uh, Julio. See you tomorrow night. Julio's uh, with me then, too. Yes, sir. See you guys then. See ya. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.